0: Hello, welcome to this week's edition of the africa climate conversations podcast i'm your host sophie mbogwa so last week the intergovernmental panel on climate change ipcc released a landmark report on the physical science of climate change so this week we are taking a break from the solutions to look into that report what does it mean for africa and what is the way forward the working group one report tells us how far the globe has warmed and how far it is projected to warm under different scenarios it looks at 1.5 degrees to degrees 3 and 4 degrees celsius remember the paris agreement aims at keeping the global temperatures below 2 degrees while pursuing efforts to limit it to 1.5 degrees celsius remember africa warms at a faster rate than the rest of the world despite being the continent contributing the very least less than 4 percent to the global emissions. The Working Group One report says there is an observed rise in greenhouse gases concentration because of human influence. The report says that each decade has been reported warmer than the previous, but to what extent has our common home warmed? Here is Dr. Mahmado Bambasila, an IPCC Working Group One lead author and the African Institute for Mathematical Sciences, Climate Change Science Research Chair. Taking it
1: at the global level, every decade have been warmer than the one that preceded it. So the human activity have caused already a global warming between 0.8 and 1.3. So right now the best estimate is, is around 1.1 degrees Celsius when we compare it to the pre-industrial level. And this global warming uh, have already caused widespread impacts and of course the impacts are being felt in Africa too. So in Africa what you get for example, ecological drought, agricultural drought, meteorological drought here and there, and flooding somewhere else. You know, and you have this interannual variability, and have flood this year, drought the other year. So this kind of thing. So these are the widespread climate instabilities we are having. So we have also sea level rising, not only rising but also surging, at a very accelerating rate, and uh, this is due to ice uh, sheets melting and ocean warming. And you know, Africa is in the center, not the center of the world, like you have all this Atlantic Ocean and the Indian Ocean surrounding uh, Africa. Uh, and we also have islands, you know, and this sea level rising and surging, it's an existential threat to these uh, island nations and to, to the coastal cities. So other things is uh, the heat waves, so this is one of the deadliest events, okay? especially many, in many areas, but also in Africa. So, these heat waves will rapidly increase. And uh, what is curious actually that, and we have been assessing it, is the compound extreme. So, compound extreme means you have heat waves happening in a region already experiencing drought, or you are having extreme precipitation in a region already a subject or experiencing windstorm. So, you're having bush fire in a region, Already experiencing the heat wave or already experiencing drought. Or you have these cities experiencing erosion and sea level rise and having floodings, plural floodings hitting it at the same time. You see? So these like are compound extremes. As the report is uh, saying, we already know that these these are dangerous but rare events and the report is saying that these events are not going to be rare right anymore
0: now dr joseph Mutemi, an ipcc working group one lead author and a lecturer at the university of nairobi says one of the report's main concerns is the episodic extreme events here is dr Mutemi. Mm-hmm. the concern
2: is the episodic extremes they can actually be short-lived but in terms of the impacts and the magnitude of the intensity uh, is it, so severe. And that's why the highlighting of the devastation by tropical cyclones uh, in 2019 uh, in southern Africa, a good example. The Horn of Africa is known as a Sandra region. But we get a, a storm. Developing over the Arabian Sea within a period of probably 24 hours, it causes so so much much rainfall of course an area which is very dry and therefore devastation in terms of uh, flooding and uh, loss of lives, loss of livestock is uh, is massive. So the issue is the extremes, the episodic mm-hmm. events, mm-hmm. reality becoming widespread, and uh, the there unpredictability becomes uh, the, the, the issue of concern. So these are now the areas of linking this assessment with the operational, meteorological operations and the uh, continuous monitoring and that short-term predictability, even actually up to the scale of just uh, minutes and hours so that uh, the information can be actually
0: available. Now, the United Nations Department of Economic and Social Affairs indicates that the world 10 fastest growing cities between 2018 and 2035 will be in Africa. As population rise, demand for space to settle or work will also rise, hence increasing the need for tall buildings. Now, tall buildings normally drop heat in their walls and roofs, and they act as barriers to wind, which generally would help move hot air away from a city. As African cities grow and majority of people migrate into the cities, its cities are at risk of becoming urban heat islands. Bambasila says the report wants that extreme heat will intensify with every degree of warming.
1: So, if you take it at a global level, prior to the influence of human activities like uh, if you take pre-industrial period, 8050 1850 to 1900, around that. So we were having these extreme heat events occurring once per 50 50 years. So now, where we're having 1.1 degrees Celsius, it's exactly 1.07, we're having it five times more likely every 50 years. So if we reach 1.5 degrees Celsius, it will jump to around nine times more likely every 50 years. So that's if we reach 2 degrees Celsius, 14 times more. If we reach four degrees Celsius, thirty-nine times more. Yeah, this is at the global level. And then these numbers, if you consider Africa only, so these numbers are amplified. But how extreme it will be depends on us. That's basically what what the report is telling us. So basically, this report is telling us every fraction of degree matters, which means for Africa, all this melting of glaciers in East African mountains top, right? We're having it currently. All these floodings in our cities, that destructing floodings that we have been facing, all these heat waves we have been experiencing, this drought, like the one in Madagascar, and the drought, you remember, in Cape Town mm-hmm. 2015, these tropical cyclones that hit Malawi. So the report is telling us all this, are going to increase in intensity, and not only in the place it is cited. For example, the tropical cyclones are going to be more intense. Those who make landfalls are going to be more intense, and the landfalls will be from the Horn of Africa to the southern all these coast to southern Africa. You know,
0: the Horn of Africa to so the yeah, along the Western Indian Ocean countries, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this drought in Madagascar, we, we may having it elsewhere, like in West Africa. Okay, like also in East Africa, floodings, for example, previous flooding, these extreme events, heavy precipitation causing previous floodings are going to be amplified in the future. So which means some of the cities which are growing, or most of the cities, and uh, it is being densely populated. So we will experience more intense flooding, or well, not more intense flooding, but we will experience more intense precipitation. the way it's going to flood depends on the options that the cities are going to take. The
0: report says by 2050, if the warming trends continues, the global temperatures will have risen to nearly 1.5 degrees. For Africa, in 2019, tropical cyclone Idai wiped out Beira City in Mozambique. Over 1.1 million people are currently food insecure due to a four-year consecutive drought in southern Madagascar. Cape Town, South Africa has been experiencing record-level water shortages since 2015. Somalia has been experiencing extreme and frequent tropical cyclones, impacting the countries once a year since the 2018 tropical cyclone Sagar. And last year, Senegal received more rainfall than it dares in three months' rainy season. In a day not to mention the rift valley lakes in kenya already swelling by day now this report comes as a stark warning that this event and many more will intensify what does africa need to adapt to different events here is bambasila
1: you know most of the countries they still have some lack of information lack of uh, skills so we actually need to get more means in terms of taking climate actions so we need more funding so we also need to have more funding to train uh, the next generation of scientists we need to have more funding to fund uh research scientists because something that uh, is really proud for this uh report like, is that some of the african scientists were contributing heavily to this report and yes. that's excellent but still we have some like landslide. we have very limited information on landslides. This is because the studies uh, did not exist. And we have other other climate impact drivers, we have very little information. So we give them low confidence because we don't have studies, very few studies on that. So when you going to go to other regions like America, Europe, Asia, so these informations are there. Africa needs to fund its social scientists to actually work on those things where we don't have information. We need to train the next generation of scientists, but we need them to get involved in in, in this kind of event reports, to speak the African voice. This this is very important.
0: Mutemi says collaborations are also crucial to conduct future research key in filling the existing gaps and understanding future warming trends.
2: The individual uh, countries by themselves will have a limited uh, capability to monitor uh, purely by their own resources. Actually, very few in Africa, even us here in University of Nairobi, we do not have a supercomputer at all, at all, at all. So in order to be able to run uh, this high resolution and high performance uh, intensive computing uh, applications, which we need, we have to rely on um, computer resources facilitated through international collaborations. So South Africa gives us a, a, a hub, uh, there is a, a center providing uh, computing hub. And uh, the new concept of cloud computing I think is a uh, really a paradigm shift so that uh, we can be able to, to use um, uh, not only just our own facilities because also economic situation does not um, give us that much priority to have these resources locally available. But also the, by themselves being available is not a solution. Solution is being able to partnership with those who have the resources and advanced so that we learn from them, we work together, we develop the working modules together, And then while working on our weather, we'll also then uh, be able to give them the necessary data and infrastructure which they need for purposes of getting consistent global and regional signals. So partnership is the way forward.
0: But this doesn't mean that nothing is being done in the continent regarding climate research and data collection. Here is Bombasile again.
1: We have the MS4CR program, which means the mathematical science, for climate research. We need this kind of program across center of excellence. We have resident researchers, we have uh, training PhD students, training masters, having post of doing their research and being mentored by, by a more experienced research scientist, you know, and we producing a lot of information. So we need this kind of programs across across the different center of excellencies.
2: Mm-hmm. Fund
1: research scientists to do their research on hot topic on topic that we did not have information in the previous report and to continue doing research to have more accurate information on topic that we already have information but also training the next generation of climate scientists
0: as the nations head to the 26th annual climate conference in glasgow uk this november it is clear that governments must not only commit to stronger clear emissions reduction targets but nations must now walk the talk and implement those policies to flatten the warming curve
1: so the question is were we able to adapt so that's one thing not really so in the best case even if we were able to adapt so the report is telling us these events that we have been experiencing right now are going to worsen in the future so will our adaptation capabilities follow so this is the big question the report is called Red for Humanity but this is called like more Red for for Africa but then hopefully with this report and the fact that the way it is written that every degree matters the way the government are going to see this information hopefully it will make government react like release or have a more uh, more ambitious indices because so far even at two degrees Celsius, the changes are devastating. Especially for Africa, you know, hazards have been here. We're already having these heat waves impacting our agriculture and human health. So imagine if you have this additional warming. So the impact would be really devastating.
0: Next year, 2020, the IPCC will release two reports one on Working Group 2 which will translate the indications of physical science report directly into impacts on livelihoods, water resources, city planning, agriculture, among others. Now, the second report will be from the Working Group 3, investigating mitigations or actions that can reduce further warming. All these reports are part of, of the IPCC's Sixth Assessment Report on Climate Change. Now, the report will be released on time to inform the 2023 Global Stock by the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, UNFCCC. 2023 is when countries are expected to review progress towards the Paris Agreement goals. And that is all we had today. Next week, we resume highlighting environmental solutions. But for now, kindly remember, you can still listen to many other episodes available on Spotify, Google, Apple, every other podcast channel, and our website, www.africaclimateconversations.com. We are also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Kindly follow us there. And let us interact. Until next week on Tuesday, quaheri my name is Sophie Mbogwa.